Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. Um, what a Monday evening it was for Pittsburgh. It looked like they did not have it, and trust me, they did not have it after the first 20 minutes. And then they just absolutely took it to Vegas those last 40 minutes. They score five unanswered goals. They get that 5-3 to three win. Four and two overall road trip. Most of it was on the West Coast. Of course, they had that one in Philadelphia as well. They now come home for seven of their next eight at PBJ Paints Arena starting on Thursday against Matt Murray and the Ottawa Senators. He will be returning um, to Pittsburgh for that game. Um, just overall, um, I think my first biggest takeaway from this is, you know, the Penguins, they continue to find new ways to win. And what, what I mean by that, for this one, this was probably Tristan Jari's worst performance of the season, right? And, you know, he really hasn't given up a lot of bad goals. That first one to Chandler Stevenson, that can't go in. Um, bad angle, five hole. He usually swallows that up 9.9 out of 10 times. That one he doesn't. It's one nothing right then. The second one with Mark Stone, it was a slap shot from the point, but it was deflected. I'm not really going to give him, you know, too much for that one. The third one, though, um, I definitely thought he could have saved that one. There really wasn't too much of a screen, um, you know, it was just a bad goal to allow. But credit to him because he played well in the second and third periods. Well, he did try to do a mini reincarnation of Josh Bailey from the playoffs where he goes out of the net. Basically turns it over, but then has a hell of a poke check um, to poke it off. I believe it was Stone who had the puck um, at that time. But, you know, he made some really great saves um, those last two periods. Outside of that, obviously, that horrific play. But, you know, that's what you want to see, you know, from a goaltender that, you know, he's struggling a little bit, he's fighting the puck, he comes back, plays a lot better. But, you know, overall that said – it wasn't that good of a performance just because of a couple of the goals that he allowed. I know the Penguins were able to come back and score four on Leonard. Obviously, one of the last one was the empty netter. But um, for a good portion of a good portion of that game, Leonard was outplaying Jari. Um, but you know, at the end, it didn't matter because the Penguins really turned up their play. Um, and I think another big one is you're not going to often dictate play against a team like Vegas for a full sixty minutes. Um, I'm having trouble like breathing almost just because I think I ate dinner like 40 minutes ago. I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, you're in the Sin City. Vegas is usually one of the toughest places to play, though their home record is a bit middling this season. If I recall correctly, it's around 12 and 10 and two. So right around 500, which is weird because, you know, the atmosphere there is, is incredible. I saw a lot. I mean, just watching the game last night. Um, they do a terrific job with just, you know, with the, the pregame ceremony to the you know, intermission stuff, just to, you know, how loud the chants get and everything. Um, it, 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 just watch a playoff game um, in Vegas, whether on TV or in person. I mean, it's one of the best, you know, arenas, I think, in the NHL. But, um, you know, they, I loved what Jeff Carter said 
Um, after the game, he said in the first intermission, a couple of the leaders spoke up and he's like, we got our shit together. And boy, did they ever, because in the second period, the Penguins absolutely took it um, to the Golden Knights. I know 50% of the shot attempts is nothing to uh, scoff at, but you know the Penguins overall from that second period, they had 72% of the scoring chances. They had a high danger advantage of 9-1. to one. Nine high danger chances in one period. Some teams don't even get nine high danger chances in the same game. Like that just goes to show how dominant that period was. I know Vegas pushed back a little bit in those final five minutes. It looked like Pittsburgh could not even get the puck out of their own zone at all. I really liked how Vegas was cycling uh, down low. Just their four check was ferocious. Their defensemen were getting some good shots on net. But, you know, I, I said to myself going into the third, they needed to just be down one. You can't give up a goal in the final five minutes because, you know, if it's 4-2, does the comeback even happen? Probably not, right? I mean, I, I, I personally don't think so. But, you know, they were able to have it at 3-2. They tie it early on in the third at 3-3. They then take the lead, and then they hold that lead for the rest of the game. You know, they clinch it with a Cindy Crosby empty netter with about a minute left. But, you know, that was the period where the Penguins really made their move. I didn't see that coming just because of how poorly they played in the the first 20 minutes. That honestly looked like the worst period of the season just because the Penguins were getting boat raced. Um, Their skating was horrendous. Um, They were not forechecking with any authority. Their defensive work left a lot to be desired. For some reason, Evgeny Malkin was down low um, in a one-on-one battle in front of the net when he should have been um, at the front of the point. It it was funny. for For the second goal for Vegas, it was Mike Matheson was at the top of the point defending when he should be down low. And Evgeny Malkin, when he's supposed to be at the point, he was down low trying to um, box out this defender. I box out um, – I'm trying to remember which uh, player it was. It wasn't Stone that scored. It was a deflection. Um, it, it, it'll come to me. I'm probably just being a moron. But, you know, Malkin was trying to outbox him, and he couldn't. And, you know, that, that's not who you want down there, you know, just – trying to play defense in situation. I, you know, Malkin's never been known for his defense. He's never going to be known for his defense. We all know what he's great at. But, you know, just a really unfortunate situation, I thought, there. But, again, after that, you know, even in the third period, Pittsburgh continued to take it to Vegas. They tied the game with another Jason Zucker goal. And I'll just get into him, you know, before we get to the second segment here. What a performance from Zucker last night. Returns from a few weeks off. Gets two goals. And it's almost like, I mean, just breathe for a second here. Wow, he has his second line center back in Evgeny Malkin. And hint, hint, he did not mess up the chemistry or structure. And what do you know? Jason Zucker is back to scoring goals. Now, is that going to continue for the rest of the season? Who knows? It might not be just because of his luck. I mean, I'm looking like a complete moron predicting him to score 20 to 25 this year. But... You know, that was a good stepping, a a good starting step, excuse me, for Zucker. That first one gets the monkey off his back a little bit, was potentially going to get called back. I know Robin Leonard was kind of whining about it post-game. I don't think Zucker made a lot of contact with him. That was a goal. The second one, awesome deflection off of a set play. It was the uh, James Neal play that uh, Malkin and him did so many times when Neal was here. uh, Malkin would win the faceoff back. And then you would wrist it in, boom, goal. 
Um, the same thing happened here. Malkin won it back. Kapanen shot it. It looked like it was his goal at first, but Zucker tipped it in, and he got credit for the goal, and that was his second of the night. That was the, the goal that tied the game. The second goal before that, uh, just a hell of a move from Brian Boyle. The body positioning on Shea Theodore, I think, is the big one there, right? You know, he comes in on the breakaway. He's shielding Theodore from the puck. He's he's on his backhand with it. He's also kind of thinking in his head, okay, if I don't score here, I want to make sure that I leave a bit of a juicy rebound because I know Teddy Bluger is right behind me. Well, Boyle accomplished that and then some. He put the puck on net. He obviously tried to score. It was saved by Leonard's pad. It kicks out a little bit, and then Bluger has a wide-open net. Makes it 3-2. The Penguins are right back in the game. They continue to push on in the second period before they had a really nice third. That is the kind of really great hockey IQ play from someone like Boyle. I know he's probably not going to be in the lineup full-time, especially once Heinen and Aston Reese come back here. I would assume they'll be good to go for one of these two games this week against um, Ottawa or Columbus. Um, we'll have to see. You know, I think they'll be eligible because of the five-day uh, quarantine. Excuse me. But, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll also have to see at that point. But, you know, I really have liked Boyle's game this year a lot more than I thought I would. Um, he's just, you know, I think he's the really perfect 13th forward for this team. I know people like Redeem Zahorna, you know, all this other stuff. But I, I've personally really liked Boyle's game this year. It's nothing flashy. He's a bit older. He hasn't played a lot of hockey recently. But, you know, if he is if he's coming in when there has to be a player that comes out for a game or two due to an injury, I'm perfectly fine with that. But, you know, th- those are just my analysis of a few of the of the first three goals, I should say. I'm going to get to Jake Gensel's goal coming up here in the second segment as well. But, you know, it was just really nice to see Zucker have a bit of a pulse. Um, he had a two-on-one earlier in the game. Made the right play. A lot of the Penguins in those situations would just force the pass and all this other crap. But he actually shot it, had a really good chance. Leonard just made a better save. But, you know, Zucker did have the last laugh and scored two goals. Again, really hoping that this can be, you know, the start of something I guess, you know, special in a way. I, I I am rooting for him. He plays his ass off every shift. He's a fun player to watch. And I know he's also frustrating. I get that. But, you know, this is a player that gives it his all every single night. I would rather be rooting for someone like that to score um, over someone that it looks like they don't really give a crap out there. So I was really appreciative you know, of what Zucker did last night. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to go into uh, Sidney Crosby's performance. I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag. We're going to go into why I thought that was a mixed bag. Uh, we're also going to get into Jake Gensel's 20th goal of the year. We're not even at the halfway point. And it's ridiculous what he's doing. Um, we're going to get into some thoughts on Crystal Tang and why he had a couple of shifts to forget about, I would say, for his NHL career. And, you know, also have a couple of other things to touch on as well. Before we do that, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports action, sports betting action for 2022. It's a new year and that means a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That is bet online where the game starts. All right. 
Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, I should say before we get into a couple of other player performances, and I'll give you all my thoughts on those. Um, I did see a couple takes out there, um, just, you know, everywhere, you know, message board, social media, all that, that this was the win of the season for the Penguins. I'm honestly not there personally. I think the Washington one about a month, month and a half ago was a bit better just because, you know, it was a full 60 minutes. They dominated them in basically every capacity. I know it got a little um, close at the end, but, you know, territorially, um, Pittsburgh definitely had the better of the play. And that game, you know, and it translated to the scoreboard as well. And I thought their defensive work was top-notch. And, of course, Tristan Jari was was excellent. I thought in this one, um, for 40 of the 60 minutes, the Penguins did play some outstanding hockey. And, you know, beating a really good Vegas team on the road, especially on the last game of a long road trip, that's a tall order. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I still don't think it compares to the Washington game overall. If I had to rank it, I would have this game probably as the second best win um, of the season. You know, there, there've been obviously a couple other ones. The St. Louis one comes to mind. That's probably right below this one. Um, but I think if we're talking like a win of the season for the Penguins so far, it was that one in Washington because they got embarrassed that first time. Was it 5-1, 6-1, something like that? They were just bullied off the ice, and the Capitals are continuing to struggle. Last I checked, they were down 2-1 to one to the Winnipeg Jets. But, you know, this was – I mean, that, that doesn't take away from the fact that this was a gigantic win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, coming back from 3 nothing down – um, in Vegas against one of the best teams in the league. Uh, you don't see that too often. And, you know, this is per Bob Grove coming in, going into that second period when they were down three, nothing after the first, um, the Penguins had actually come back in three of the last 10, um, in three of their last 10 games where they have trailed, um, zero three going into the second, let's make it four of their last 11. They have now come back in one. So I'll give you all that stat as well. Now, going into some more player performances, uh, Chris Letang, there was a couple shifts in that first period that he definitely um, does not want to watch, I would say, uh, on the film room again. Um, it, it was One of them was on the power play. So the Penguins, they come into the zone. Um, Brian Russ, of course, is still on the top power play for Evan Rodriguez. I personally disagree with that. What are you going to do? But so they have everything set up. Um, you know, Letang is running it from the point. You know, he obviously sees one of the Vegas penalty killer sticks pointing out and he still likes to pass it cross ice to Evgeny Malkin gets intercepted, gets intercepted. And then he's skating back is not even really making an effort to play defense. And then Vegas almost scores on that opportunity. Don't get me wrong. I love Chris Tang. I think he's had a phenomenal season. This is probably his best season in six years. That said, I mean, I don't know what he was doing there. That's probably not going to happen again, but you know, I gotta be fair. When I, when I praise him, I praise him, but when I call him out, you know, it's, it's usually warranted and that was warranted. The other one as well comes back, um, basically does the same thing again and then doesn't try to play defense. It's just like, okay, get him off the ice there. Let him recoup. Um, They did that and he was fine for the rest of the game, but it's like, you know, I I don't need to see Crystal Tang, you know, just, making dumb cross ice passes and not even attempting to play defense when there's a one-on-one situation um, the other way. So those are my thoughts on that. Uh, Sidney Crosby, bit of a mixed bag. 
Um, there was a prime power play chance uh, in the first. No, no, in, this was in the second period. Excuse me. And wide open lane to shoot. It's almost like a mini two on one situation. He has the puck. And this has been a player that's not been shooting the puck a lot lately, has not been scoring a lot of goals. You would think, oh, Sidney Crosby's going to let this one rip. Nope. Tries to force pass, gets intercepted, it's cleared. And it's just like, I mean, that was probably one of the most obvious shooting situations that I could ever see him be in because, you know, again, there was no one in front of him. But he's still, you know, deferring for a pass when he hasn't been scoring a lot lately. And I understand that he is in a bit of a slump in terms of his goal, goal scoring ability. I know he scored an empty netter later on in the game. But in that kind of situation, I want to see Sid rip it. He's been struggling in that department, as I just said, about 3,000 times. Rip as many pucks as you can. Eventually, it, the, the regression to the mean is going to happen, and he is going to start to score more and more goals. I mean, that's just how it works in hockey. The more chances you get, the more likely it is that you are going to score. It's not rocket science here. I want to see Sid, you know, actually attempt to shoot it more um, moving forward here because I, I did not like that at all. Um Otherwise, I thought he played a mostly okay game. It's just, you know, he, something still is not right with him goal-scoring-wise. Evgeny Malkin, you know, outside of that first game against Anaheim, you can definitely see he doesn't have his legs fully yet, but that's fine. You know, he didn't play, he didn't practice in training camp. He's only had a, a handful of practices, you know, coming back from this very major knee surgery. It's going to take him at least a little while to get back into game action. He's only been playing for four games. I mean, let's just... Let's give the guy a break here. But, you know, he's already had a positive impact on Jason Zucker. He had two goals in that game. Kasperi Kampen also had the assist on one or two of those. He's having a great impact on those two players. You can really see, you know, how much Zucker and Kapanen mean, or how much Malkin means, excuse me, to Zucker and Kapanen, just because, you know, I think they turn into different players, you know, when they have him in the lineup. So those are my overall thoughts and just some of the core players, though. I do want to say one thing about a player that I think not a lot of people noticed last night, but you know I definitely did. Dominic Simone. Um, there was a reason why he got the the little warrior helmet after the game. You know, whatever that, that the freaking the, the bold penguin helmet. Excuse me, I don't know why I totally forgot that. There's a reason why he got that after the game because of his defensive work was incredible. His he was creating swing chances left and right. I know the big knock on him is that he's not scoring, but you know he's also a 13th or 14th forward. He's not a regular in this lineup, especially um, when they're not healthy. He's probably going to be behind Brian Boyle on the depth chart. That said, there were multiple instances in this game where he had amazing back checks to break up chances, and the puck went the other way in favor of the Penguins. And you know the players definitely took notice of that, and that is why he got the helmet after the game. You know. DK of DK Pittsburgh Sports, you know, he had a great segment on this, you know, in his daily shot of Penguins um, on Tuesday morning. If you haven't gotten to listen to that, definitely go do that. You know, he does a great job with that stuff every day as well. You know, just like me, I, I'd like to think that we have the two best daily podcasts on the Penguins out there. So um, overall, though, I thought he was tremendous. I Again, he's not going to score, but he does the little things really well. That's what it is. It's the little things with a player like that. So, uh, you know, all of the Dom Simone haters, get out of here. I, I don't really care what they think. You know, and he, honestly, he really hasn't come up a lot lately, which is fine because he's in a bottom six role. He's not playing with Sidney Crosby because if he was, what would be happening? Everyone would be coming for him. So, 
whatever on that. But still have a little more to get to for this episode of Locked on Penguins. Might do a little preview for the game against Ottawa. You know, just touch on Matt Murray and a couple things. Um, I don't really think, well, actually, no. Um, I almost was about to say the worst thing you could ever say on a podcast, but that's just not happening here. But I also have some thoughts on Jake Gensel's goal and just the season that he is having um, and a whole lot more coming up here in this next segment. All right. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. You know, what a goal last night by Jake. Um, that was his 20th of the season. It is ridiculous that he is already at 20 goals this year, and the Penguins have played not even 41 games yet. Um, in case you all are wondering, that is a 40-goal pace, or a little bit over a 40-goal pace, I should say. He has goals in 17 of his last 20 games. Um, he also has points in, I believe the number is now 20 of his last 21. This player also makes $6 million per year. I wonder what this guy would get on the open market if he were allowed the chance. Would probably be well over eight, and rightfully so. He is now also one of only five players to have 20-plus goals in each of the last five seasons. This guy is one of the most, if not the most, underrated player in the NHL. He was never a product of Sidney Crosby. He is an elite player in his own right, and it's about damn time, I think, Media and just fans as a whole that are not the Penguins start giving him the respect he deserves because he is a damn good player. Um, you know, remember when this offseason, when, you know, there were some weird media hacks in the city saying like, well, you know, you got to trade him for Matthew Kachuk. He, he's, his scoring is dried up in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. I hope no one listened to those naysayers that really don't know what they're talking about. Playoff scoring is hard. I will always die on that hill. There were years where Sidney Crosby did not even score in the playoffs. Actually, multiple years where he doesn't. But, you know, are you going to trade Sidney Crosby? No, you're not going to trade Sidney Crosby. And no, you're not going to trade Jake Gensel. He is just such an important player to this team. Um, great on the power play. Great at even strength. His defensive work is, you know, probably not that good. But, you know, you're not paying him $6 million per to play good defense. You're paying him $6 million per year to score you goals. That's exactly what he has done this season. The only thing that's gotten in the way of him scoring are injuries. Um, but, you know, knock on wood, as I just did right now on the YouTube, um, for the YouTube page, I should say, um, hopefully he does not get hurt this season. Um, uh, I just, God forbid, do not. I do not want that coming to life but you know the wraparound goal on Leonard just you know he's able to corral the puck so well and then go go around the net Leonard is obviously flopping around and then he just tucks it in nice and easy Penguins have the lead 4-3 and then they don't squander the rest of the game he's just on another level right now um I really don't know what else to say at this point about Jake. I'm glad that he got the last four in for the All-Star game today. It was supposed to be Mika Zibanejad, but I think due to like personal reasons, I think was what the reasoning was, he's not able to go, so they put Jake in. Um, I'm so ecstatic that he is going to be going to the All-Star game, and he deserves it. One of the best players in the league this year. And, you know, again, he is a top five pure goal scorer in the NHL, and I will not hear otherwise. That's for sure. Um, later on this week, so the Penguins... They're playing Ottawa, and then they're also playing Columbus. So goaltending-wise, 
I would expect Louis Domingue to start against the Senators. This is just me guessing and what I expect. Obviously, Mike Solomon has gone against what I've guessed numerous times. So, you know, let's see if I get old takes exposed for this one. But I would then expect Jari to go in Columbus. This will be the Penguins' first meeting against Columbus this season, and the first time they'll play Columbus um, in about two years. So um, that should be interesting. The Blue Jackets have really fallen off the last few weeks. They started out hot. We're playing well. They were in a playoff spot, but, you know, they've fallen out so far. Where it's just like, yeah, they're, they're toast, I think, at this point. But that's what I would expect, though, from the goaltending um, uh, goaltending circle. I think I just screwed up that word. Goaltending tandem, I should say. I don't even know what the heck is going on at this point. But, you know, the schedule coming up for the Penguins is actually really – you know, there's a big opportunity here. So, you know, Ottawa on Thursday, Columbus Friday, Winnipeg on Sunday, Arizona Tuesday next week, Seattle next Thursday, Detroit next Friday, LA um, uh, January 30th, and then they have Washington. And then they have that, well, that three-week break, at least for now. Um, Elliot Freeman w- reported earlier on Tuesday that it sounds like they're going to be announcing those postponed games as early as Wednesday. So that means basically, you know, we'll be finding out when those postponed games for the Penguins will take place. It'll be um, during that stretch from, you know, February uh, 2nd to about February 23rd. Just don't know the exact dates um, just yet. But that'll do it for this segment of the Locked on Penguins podcast and the episode as a whole. Uh, I know I said I was going to get to maybe a little Ottawa preview. We're, I'm going to save that actually for Wednesday's episode. That will be the main topic of discussion um, for that one. And we'll also get into a couple other things as well that I have planned. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.